You're listening to Three Valleys Radio. Welcome to our In Conversation programme. Every week we talk to a sporting personality to find out just what makes them tick. From their early childhood, to their professional career, to their musical tastes. We cover it all. So sit back and enjoy as we talk to this week's special guest. Here on Three Valleys Radio. Well, this evening I'm absolutely delighted to have join us slightly more of a Bristol City legend than a Yeovil legend, but he sneaked in at Yeovil as well, which is why he's managed to uh, get the call, and that is none other than Scott Murray. Good afternoon, Scott. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How the devil are you? Well, it's a while since we last saw, wasn't it? I remember, I think it was the last time I saw you was we'd played Bristol City and it was absolutely pouring down, and I came in, my coat was absolutely saturated, and you very kindly put it in your heater. And, and uh, it, look, Always look after mates. Yeah. Always after mates, Harry, no worry about that. Yeah, well, that was good, because it was absolutely, oh, it was cold, and it was wet, and it I, was horrible. I, I up the Bristol summer weather for you. Yeah. <laughs> that's, <laughs> it. that's it, mate. But um, anyway, it's really good to talk to you again after all these years, and... Um, see what we can come up with for In Conversation, as the programme's called. Um, you were born on the 26th of May in 1974, it says here. <laughs> it feels a lot longer than that at the moment, but yeah, that's it, 26th of May. Yeah. Born in Aberdeen, so. And you were born uh, in Fraserborough. No, I was, I was born in Aberdeen. Right. I was born in, um, as I said, my first semi-professional club was Fraserborough. So that's, um, I, I lived in a lot of between Fraserburgh and Peterhead called Mintlaw. Yeah. So I grew up um, in a little village and uh, it was, uh, it was um, yeah, brilliant, brilliant times. Loved it. What, what What's it like up there? I mean, I've never, I've, I've, I, I'm horrible to admit it, but I've never been to Scotland, so no. I, I've got no idea what it's like. What's what's it like? Because, I mean, Aberdeen's pretty north, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah. But put it like this, that jacket of yours, you'd need about five. <laughs> it's, it's very, very cool. But where I'm from, um, the team I used to play for, Fraserburgh, literally... Um, is on the North Sea, so right. we play on the the the, the pitch. The stadium is actually on the North Sea, right next to the North Sea. So we play on a Saturday in the Highland League, and um, you'd literally get snow, heat, wind, rain, everything. You get all four seasons in one game, so it's very oh. cold up there. Yeah, it sounds like it. Um, phrase, uh, but I just put it into my computer as we speak to have a look and see if I can find a picture of it. Fraserburgh FC. Let's see what we get. Bellsley. There we go. Official site. Yeah, it's certainly is, yeah. 
the bells there, the bells there. They, they just got through to the Scottish, Scottish Cup third round on yeah. Saturday, so... Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I can't get a picture of it now, but what, what's it, what sort of you know, club is it like? I mean, can you, can you sort of... Is it a very, very small, or, or would you say, put... Uh, it's probably the equivalent down here to Bassett or something like that. Oh, I see. Right. No, so not not quite as small as I expected then, really. But um, as know, you... the Highland League, the Scottish Highland League. Yeah, I mean, are many of the teams in the Highland League sort of, um, you know, as I say, very small and very sort of rural? Yeah, I think um, as I said, it's most town little town teams. It is so. It's like um, any of the big like Keith, there's Huntley, Bucky, all the local big towns around the Highlands. They all, they all resort and like Fort William, for example. I think their 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 pitch is on Ben Nevis. Blimey, <laughs> I Ben Nevis. So, but um, no, it was great times playing playing for Fraser. I loved it. Well, we'll come back to that in a minute. But I want you to go right back now. What are, what are your first sort of childhood recollections of of getting involved with a football? And how old do you reckon uh, you were? We got uh, with a little village boys club team, Mintler Boys Club. I think um, one of the, the, the managers, Bill McGruver, he was like, uh, and he's still going now up in the village doing the, the boys' teams. And as I said, he was the, the one. It made a pretty good, pretty decent um, boys' club, to be fair. Mm. A few players made it into the, the pro ranks. And as I said, we, so, so from, from literally from six to 16, I, that I played for the, the local boys' club. So it was just a little family run like club. And as I said, everyone from the village ended up playing for them. Well, that must have been quite a pleasant environment to play football in, I would have thought. Oh, oh listen, it was. You know what? I couldn't have picked a better childhood if I tried. Yeah, I think everyone up there. It's even now you go up there and all they want to do is play football until they get to eighteen. Then they want to drink. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. <laughs> but no, as I said, listen, I couldn't have picked a better childhood if I tried. Honestly, yeah. Loved so, so what? What are your first recollections of playing football then, as a kid? I mean, how old would you have been? Do you reckon? Like it, so I think back in the day when we played, it was like when you get seven, eight year old. I think as a kid, the, the the main things you do are them like the summer tournaments, five side tournaments, and and stuff like that. And yeah. so being in between Fraser and Peterhead, but right in the middle, there uh, obviously there was there was always big big um, like games against the two teams from their sit like towns, for example. Yeah, because we were a little village. Usually, when we were younger, we 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 get we be getting smashed all over the place. But then, the older we got, and obviously the better we were getting, uh, the, the 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 tables turned, and we were obviously we started beating the big teams, which was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, yeah. And you worked, it says here, in a local fish processing factory. Yeah, there was a, there was a fish factory called Abacus. Yeah. Uh, and from literally from sixteen to nineteen, I, <clears throat> I was working five days a week. Um, twelve hours a day. So, my nan, my nan used to wake me up at half, half five every morning with tea and toast. And I used to walk to the, to the fish factory, which was a 10, 15 minute walk. But obviously, with the weather up there, <laughs> it was sometimes you'd have to ski there. And I'm, I'm joking. Yeah. And then, as you said, it was a 10, 15 minute walk. And as you said, that's probably why I'm a morning person now. I, I quite like getting up early, so it's good fun. Well, now it's time for the first of Scott's musical choices, and it's Greece.
go. That was Scott's first musical choice, Grease. Uh, sorry, it wasn't by Richie Valens, I'm afraid, Scott. Couldn't find it. But I got one by Frankie Valley for you. So all this fish then, was this sort of coming straight into the factory off of the boats or what? Well, then, then we'd, we'd, uh, we'd cut him and cut them and we'd freeze him. We'd freeze us and everything there. And then we'd, um, and then we'd, and then we'd sent them back out again. So it was, it's a proper big, proper fish factory. So like, as I said, we'd, we'd be doing 12-hour shifts every day and... Is just trying just keeping ourselves busy, really. And I think yeah. back in them days, you probably you get your your rages whenever, and then as I said, usually anywhere and anybody up there, you'd end up drinking it. And then I think back to Monday morning, it's like Groundhog Day up there, honestly. But it's, I loved every single minute of it. So back to Monday morning, you were skint again, then, where you? So you had to go for another week. Of... <laughs> so yeah, so Monday morning, you're back in a shift, getting your twelve hours in a day, and so yeah. just to make sure that it was a good weekend. And did uh, Captain Birdseye make an appearance very often, or what? No, no. <laughs> we, we did do, like, send stuff off for them and everything. So yeah. we, like, used to, um, with the breadcrumbs and everything like that, be, it was a prop, like, it was great times, as I said. I loved it. And, as I said, um, even had to go and drive in forklifts. And, as I said, it was, it was great, great, great times. Did it stink in there? Absolutely. So I think, uh, and then I'd get home in the evening and my nan would have made me fish and chips. <laughs> <laughs> so what a bus was holiday then. <laughs> yeah, probably the last thing I wanted, but I, I, it's funny, I was saying to my youngest boy, Sam, you, you work in there and you know what, you actually, you, you don't even notice the smell once you've been in there a few a few days. Yeah. <laughs> but as I said, I, I, I loved it, loved it. So and it says here that uh, I'm going by Wikipedia, by the way, when I say it says here, and they're not the most accurate, but uh, it says here that um, interest from Aberdeen, Rangers and Liverpool, no less. So yeah. uh, you were obviously I, I, uh, ringing a few bells I, somewhere. Yeah, I bet, I bet I've been on tri- I was I've been trial at Aberdeen. I went on trial at Rangers and then I went to Liverpool. And like as I said, uh, I, I played the reserve game for Liverpool, scored. We won 1-0 against Leicester. I scored in the, in the cop end. Celebrated. There was no one there, <laughs> and then, and then um, as I said, then the famous Brian Tinian, he's um, scored a goal to knock Liverpool out the the cup from Bristol City, and then soon has got the sack. So yeah, so Brian, Brian, Brian probably cost me a move to Liverpool. And was um, was Fergie manager at Aberdeen when you were there? No, no, it was uh, oh, actually who was manager? Maybe Willie Miller because I think um, I remember Willie speaking to Willie Miller. And they were saying, listen, they, they promised to play play a, like a, a friendly game and, and nothing happened. So I was a bit gutted because obviously being an Aberdeen boy, mm. the team I support, and I was, I was gutted, I was gutted. So you actually support Aberdeen then, and you still support Aberdeen or what? I still support Aberdeen now, yeah. Mm. Mm. And it's funny because yesterday, yesterday we've um, obviously we played the FA Cup game yesterday against um, Portsmouth. Portsmouth, yeah. And uh, for Mara Juju, the first thing he said when he came off the pitch after we just won, he scored. First thing he said, Aberdeen, 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 because they they know because they knew Aberdeen were playing Rangers yesterday. Yeah. So the very the very first word that Fam said when he came off was he was asking how Aberdeen were getting on. He knows that because he knows I'm a massive Aberdeen fan. And you were able to tell him, I've no doubt. No, because at the time it was still nil nil after 25 minutes. Ah, right, right. Uh, but uh, anyway, apparently it says here that Aston Villa stepped in and signed you up after you'd scored the quickest ever hat-trick in Premiership Reserve League football. Yeah, that's the one. I think um, it was after, I think it was 11 minutes or 12 minutes. Yeah, 12 minutes it says here. Yeah, yeah. it's a, a hat-trick, yeah. Who was and that then against it, then? It was, who was that against? Bolton. Bolton. Bolton, yeah. 
Yeah. I think I remember after the game, Big Ron went to his office after the game and more or less told told me to sign. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah, more or less, yeah. That was it. And then, so what I did, I I, I handed my week's notice. So I've, I've signed for Aston Villa. Yeah. And then I went home. So they give me two weeks. I went back to work for a week at the fish factory. Yeah. And I, then I went to, to, to Birmingham. So I actually, after I'd signed for Aston Villa, I went and worked for a week because... Only what because was... they took much time off hmm. during the year. I only thought it was fair for me to go back and what my notice out because, listen, they were, they were brilliant with me at the, the Fish Factory. Yeah. Well, I think so. Signing for Aston Villa was no, no mean thing, I would have thought. And it, you know what? I'd, so I'd gone from, um, as I said, cutting the fish on the, the Friday to the two weeks later, training with Paul McGrath, Dwight York, Daly and Atkinson, Andy Townsend. Bosnia. I, I, listen, I couldn't believe it. Couldn't mm. believe it. No, I think not. Some big names there, that's for sure. What was Paul McGrath like? Brilliant. He's he, listen. He never trained. Mm. Never trained. He'd, he'd be on the on the bike watching training every day, and then Saturday he'd turn up, play man of the match, and then you'd see him the following Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was just a class. He was, do you know what? On and off the pitch, just a class act. Was he? Yeah, yeah. And what about Ron Atkinson? What was he like? He was um, Mr. Bojangles. He used to call him. It's funny. Cause we played in a a charity um, golf day at Western a couple of years ago. And um, and you know what? I honestly didn't think he'd remember who I was. Yeah. And and then he's come up to me and goes, oh, it's Scotty. Still remember you scoring all them goals in the reserves. <laughs> like, probably, it's brilliant for me because, as you said, for somebody in his calibre, he's probably had thousands of players over his whole career. Yeah, absolutely. But I was, was. was brilliant. I bet you were buzzing after that, weren't you? I was, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, no, he was quite a character, or like, or was, still is, I suppose, quite a character. Well, he's, he's class, isn't he? and he? Yeah. His, he was just, um, his 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 medallions and his bracelets, and he was proper, like, his sovereign rings. He was just a proper old-fashioned manager, wasn't he? But it's very loose class, honestly. Yeah. Pardo Solicitors, the friendly law firm based in the heart of Somerset with offices in Yeovil, Taunton and Bridgewater with a strong ethos of helping those in our community. If in doubt, check it out with Pardo's on a free no-obligation call or subscribe to our free podcast, The Friendly Law Podcast. For more information, call 0800 862 or visit pardos.co.uk. Pardo's Solicitors, looking after you, your family and your business. At A.J. Wakeley & Sons Family Funeral Directors, we know the importance of compassion and integrity. We also know how unfamiliar decisions can be so difficult at a time of family bereavement. We can provide a steadying influence just when you need it, guiding and helping you make the right decisions to reflect the kind of funeral that your loved one deserves. Visit our website, www.ajwakely.com, for more information or call Clive Wakely on 01935 479913. When I first started my business, I was hopeless at paperwork. My system involved bunging everything in a shoebox and sorting it out later, much later. 
Thank goodness for Chalmers Accountants. They soon put me on the right track. They work with businesses of all sizes, and they really know their stuff. Chalmers will provide you with a one-to-one service with your own personal account manager at one of their three local branches. For expert advice on how to make your business more successful, visit chalmersaccountants.co.uk and book your free initial consultation. More music now, and this time it's Vanilla Ice and Ice Ice Baby. Let's kick it.
Scott's second musical choice there, Vanilla Ice and Ice Ice Baby. Tell you a story about Ron Atkinson. I went up to London um, to see Man United play somebody. It must have been, I think it was probably Arsenal, but anyway, whoever it was didn't really matter in, in terms of the story. And we stayed in the Royal Lancaster Hotel. And yeah, yeah. Uh, I went down to have something to eat in the evening. Uh, this was the Friday night. And who was literally sat right next to us on the table next to us within sort of talking distance was Ron Atkinson and John Gidman. So oh, yeah. uh, I oh, yeah. sort of uh, said, here, I'm a big red fan, et cetera, et cetera, and had a chat with him. He was a very nice guy. You, you know, he didn't sort of, there was no sort of airs and graces. He wasn't, I'm not going to talk to you because you're a peasant. He was, uh, he was, no, he was very nice, I thought. Very, very impressed. I was even class act. Yeah. Class act. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, where, where will you get to in your story? Forget my story. Uh, so, Aston Villa. So, how long did you stay at Aston Villa then? So, I was at, um, I was at Aston Villa for four years. Yeah. And I was lucky enough to play, I played four Premier League games. And do you know what? It was, it was four more games than I, than I ever expected to play. So, really? I think, um, yeah. And, and, and I, I signed as a striker. And then um, Ron, Big Ron left, or got his sack or whatever. And then, um, and then I ended up. They changed Brian Little changed me to a, a wing back. Right. So like um, as I said, because you obviously you can see I was I, I was good at running. So I think um, as I said wing back, and then I, I ended up as I said I was I played, I more or less played every game for the reserves every every season, and then John Ward. The then Bristol City manager, who he actually lived in Birmingham, so I think he'd obviously been been watching me. And as I said, that was the, the next move. Yeah, yeah, and of course the the start of a very long relationship with Bristol City. It certainly was. I think um, I remember um, when Deadly Dog, Ellis bless his soul, like he says, he's more or less told me that he'd sold me yeah. before I'd even before I'd even knew myself, <laughs> and then uh, said. Um, you don't you for a start. You don't argue with Deadly Dog anyway. Hmm. Or the this improper another character. Yeah. And as I said, he he told me Bristol City were interested more or less, and and I honestly thought Birmingham was the most southerly part of England <laughs> because being being from uh, being from uh, Aberdeen right up north, I didn't think you could actually physically get any further further south in Birmingham. No. So then find out it was another hour and a half south of Birmingham. I was like, jeez, I thought I was going to have to get a, a Get a boat or something. Instead, um, I've, I've come down and looked around Ashton Gate, and and I think the, the the biggest selling point was I think probably the the stadium was red, yeah. which was always the same colour as Aberdeen. So I've got down there and straight away I'm I'm comparing it to Aberdeen's stadium. I'm thinking, oh, I'd love to play here. Mm. And um, I think at the time we were top of the league for Watford, and uh, we were getting sixteen, seventeen thousand every 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 week at Ashton Gate. So. It'd be gone from playing in front of twenty people at the Bescot Walsall, who we, who we played our reserves games, with Villa to playing in front of fifteen, sixteen thousand every week. So it was a no-brainer for me. And um, who was manager there then? At the Brian Tinian. John Ward. Oh, John, John Ward. Ward. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. he lived in Birmingham, I think it was only it was only literally around the corner for him to come and watch our reserve games right. at Walsall. So I think he's obviously seen seen me playing for the reserves and. And it's probably just taken off from there, I think. Yeah. And you played, according to Wikipedia, for three, six years there, 225 games, it says here. Does that sound about right? right? I, I ain't got a clue. I, um, I, think, um, I think they only do... I, I think altogether I played... It was 4-2-6 in the end. 
I played. Um, I, I think it just shows league games on there. I think. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And the, yeah, listen. Uh, <laughs> the, the first thing was was class, and as I said, um, to to play all them games anyway for for me was was unbelievable. And I think just to play any professional football was out of my wildest dreams anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sure it is when you <clears throat> when you look back to your days at Fraserburgh. If you could have seen what was to become, you know, <laughs> that must have been it. Would have been a, you know, always sort of thought it was a dream, really, wouldn't it? But it came Harry, true. He said to me one quarter to six one of these mornings. I was walking to the fish factory that I played all these professional games. I'd asked if you were sober. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I mean, they said I they said I wouldn't. I I still can't get over it now. Even like walking around and. And people speaking to me. My youngest boy, he's like, he'd probably never seen me play. And as I said, um, he's 12. And, and and he finds it weird that people stop me in the street and speak to me. Yeah. Dad, do you know who that is? I'm like, that? no. <laughs> he goes, well, he, he still finds it a bit weird. But they, see, the older two used to come and watch me play. Yeah. So they, they're more or less used to it. But the youngest one, he, he quite likes it. Oh, I expect so. And in 2004, you got a call up for the Scotland B side. That must have been a, a, a big buzz. I mean, listen, listen, and and again, this is my youngest gives me stick about this because he says, "Dad, hold on, Scotland are not very good, but you could only play, you could only get a game for the B team." So he gives me stick. But listen, is it is for a for a for a man to get to get called up for your national team? I know it was only the B team, but listen, I, I played in Germany, and then we played Turkey at Dundee United's ground, and listen, I I got man of the match the Turkey game, and as I said, listen, I um. Something I can. I've still got my shirts, and I've got a Turkey shirt as well. I wish I got a German one now, but it's. Um, you know what? The first game against Germany, I think we drew three all. Mm. And as I said, I, there's no way I was giving away any of my shirts from that game. Definitely not. So, um, who else was in the team with you then? Timmy McAllister played one of the games for me. Yeah. So like, um, it was handy, and um, uh, I honestly can't remember. It was that long ago? But I just remember Mac, Mac, uh, Stephen Pearson. He used to play with City as well. Yeah, yeah. And then, but I, 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 even now looking, and I, I can remember sitting in the dugout for the first game against Germany. I think I, I came on. I think I came on just before half time or just after half time, and just sitting in the dugout listening to the national anthems before. I, like the, you get the the hair standing up in your yeah. your neck back yeah. and your just uh, listen. It's something that you'll never ever forget. I'm sure it's not. Oh, I've never got as close as that, though. <laughs> um, so, I mean, let's, let's talk about Bristol City a little bit. I mean, you, you obviously um, had a long time at Bristol City. You must have yeah. had a lot of memories. Uh, what, what are the sort of the standout memories of playing for Bristol City? Because I'm sure there must be quite a few. Uh, do you know what? I think at the start of every season, I think the one thing you want to do is try and get promotion. That's it. I think getting promotion with your club at the start, because at the end of the day, there's 20, 23 other teams trying to get promoted out of the league. And, and if you're lucky enough to be one of the, the three or whatever it is that goes up either the top two or the playoffs, then I think that's probably the, the accolade, the best one, I think. And as I said, I've been lucky enough to do it a couple of times, or maybe in three. And as I said, it's, it's a feeling that you can't explain really because it's nine months hard graft, I think, um, the whole season to to get that to get that feeling of the, the final whistle last game of the season. Mm, yeah. Did you ever get sent off or anything at, uh, when you, in yeah, your playing career? One, once in my career, I think um, we played Stoke City away, which um, Stoke's probably one of the, the liveliest away grounds 
about. I think um, when you get Delilah and everything sung and sung. And you know what? We were always in League One. We were always with the top teams, I think, along with Stoke. And, and so there were always big, big games and big crowds. And I remember I got a yellow card for handball. So I think it was just before half time, and they were going, trying to get on a break. And I put my hand up and stopped and got a yellow card. And then, um, and then the the second yellow card in ninety minutes, allegedly I dived in the box to try and get a penalty. I can't believe you'd have done such a thing, Scott. Not you. And you know me as a person; I would never ever do that to try and con the referee. No, <laughs> never, <laughs> never. As long as you've got a no, no, no chance. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, allegedly, it was for simulation. I think they call it. Yeah. Well, I suppose it's better than getting sent off for smacking somebody in the mouth or yeah. something, isn't it? So. Fine. I was trying for my team. That was for sure. Yeah. Right. Time for some more music. And I guess being a Scotsman, this one's inevitable, really, isn't it? It's the Proclaimers and something about five hundred miles. You'll get the drift in a minute. I'm gonna be the man who wakes up next to you When I go out Yeah, I know I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the man who goes along with you If I get drunk Well, I know I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the man who gets drunk next to you And if I haver Yeah, I know I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the man who's havering to you But I will walk
proclaimers there and 500 miles or whatever annoying little scottish group scott i think they've got a bit of a cult following the, the proclaimers so during your time there well your first occasion according to this you had 46 goals well i suppose you had a few cup goals as well but 46 goals that's not bad quite a few goals but yeah like i never played uh in the start, the start of my bristol city career i was more or less playing as a fullback as well so i think um, i was never i was never a striker i was always as i said a fullback or an attacking winger yeah. So I think, uh, and yeah, and I think I think when I get pushed more forward, I was trying as much as anything. I was trying to get at least ten goals a season. That was the the plan. So I think, um, nah, it's, I was. Um, I think I ended up with just what was it ninety ninety one goals in the end. So oh, I was quite, I was quite happy. But I'm obviously a bit gutted I didn't get the the hundred. But I think, um, as you said, the, the amount of chances I missed, I probably could have got two hundred. And and did you feel when you were playing as a winger that you had the speed for that? I mean, you could. Uh, yeah, I think that was probably one of my my main attributes. The pace I had, I think, and yeah. um, it was good. As I said, it was, and I had a few tussles. Even my um, one of your mates, Nathan Jones, he used to kick me a few times as well, Jonesy. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, as I said, um, and uh, we made some good battles. Me and Jonesy it was great. Listen, and he's one of my good mates as well. So I think um, great fun and. No, I, I, I enjoyed every single minute playing playing games. I, I think I always played with a smile on my face, and as you said, um, and I think uh, the, the worst parts were obviously losing. Well, you can tell that you'd always play with a smile on your face just by just talking to you. anybody. Can see that. Um, I didn't smile too much because I used to take my teeth out. <laughs> Fair enough. Nathan, <laughs> Nathan Jones has done well for himself. That's for sure, isn't he? Yeah, I was there. Um, I seen him a few weeks ago. We played Luton a few weeks ago, so yeah. Um, now he's, you know what? He's a very passionate, enthusiastic man. So yeah, well, he's. I, I think it comes across in his coaching as well. So he's a he's a top top coach and a and a lovely geezer as well. He's a Welshman, mate, like me. So you know that's why. <laughs> Listen, there's always a downside. <laughs> <laughs> careful, careful. <laughs> so so you moved on then from Bristol City to Reading for. Six hundred and fifty thousand, which is you know not peanuts, is it? Oh, it's not. I think um, I did. I'd only a year left of my contract, so I think uh, obviously after score, I think the the season before I scored twenty six goals from midfield. So I think uh, I think Redding was was probably a no brainer and a chance to go to Cardiff as well. I think, um, but I think I think at the end of the day, I always knew I'd come back to Bristol City, hmm. working here. If I end up going to Cardiff. I think I'd have probably been um, lynched when I come back, I think. <laughs> but I see that the, the team manager of um, Reading was Alan Pardew at the time. What league were they in at the time then? We were, yes, we were in the championship. So I was, listen, it was brilliant. Great, I loved it. Yeah. And uh, I, thought, I know I was only there a few months, seven months, I think, in the end. I think, and then because I, I more or less played most of Pardew's games and then um, he ended up going to West Ham. It was a change of manager. And listen, a change of manager usually means a change of... Mm-hmm. of tactics and do you know what these things happen these things happen how often you, you you hear it though I mean I've done a lot of these interviews and you know your face fits with one manager and then suddenly as you say there's a change and then suddenly your face doesn't fit and you know what it's part, it's part of football you know what mm-hmm. and to be fit public came in he was he was really honest with me and he said listen Scotty um, we've already we're getting signed somebody in your position so and you know what? And I, I was actually quite happy that he was just honest and forthright with me. And, 
and he said, listen, you've got a chance of going back to Bristol City. He said, it's up to you what you do. I said, he said, but at the end of the day, next season, you probably won't play as much as you'd like. And it's up to you. So then I, I, I just made the decision. I think it was probably better for me to come, come back home, really. And that was during Brian Tinian's reign again, was it? Yeah, so I, I signed on transfer deadline day, so hmm. uh, it was a bit, it was a bit manic, and I'd, I'd only been in my house about, I think it was about four or five months in Hungerford, so uh, the estate agent was probably pretty happy with me. <laughs> yeah, all that commission in his pocket. Yeah, <laughs> but um, uh, Brian Tinian was a manager though, but I mean, he he eventually he suffered. Um, who came after Brian Tinian? It wasn't it wasn't. Uh, GJ, was it then? No, surely not. I'm just trying to think. It must have been getting close to it, though, wouldn't it? Then it would have been. It would have been very close. Yeah, because in 2006, Yeovil had, had um, Russell Slade, I know, from in 2006, so it might well have been Gary Johnson. Then. And you played under him, though, didn't you? Under Gary? I, yeah, I did, yeah. And uh, you know what? I, was, I, I got on really well with him. I, I, I enjoyed, enjoyed it. And he's, listen, he's. Um, He's definitely one of them managers that get get the best out of you. That's for sure. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and I was, I enjoyed my time working under him. Well, so did I. I had fifteen years with him. Really, class. And and you know what? Listen, you old players and managers never have bust ups all the time. It's all part and parcel of the game. And look, mm. I, I never I never had any women. No, he, just, he, he was always respectful to me. And I was always respectful to him. And, as I said, it was someone I, I really enjoyed working under. Yeah. I think if I think the the gaffer was one of them and enjoyed people that worked hard and and I enjoyed working hard. So I think it was like, it was a good fit for both of us. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he took me under his wing when I, when I first started, and it was uh, it, you know, thank God he did because he was he was he was really helpful. I took a, and as I said, at Yeovil, he was he was different gravy there. Yeah, I think um, as I said, he was. And he's, he's thought of very, very highly down there. I know that for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely, Billy. I'll tell you a story. We went uh, on tour, because you know he was manager of Latvia. <laughs> Listen, we went to Latvia as well. Yeah. When, uh, when we went to Latvia, um, Carl Orford was in the team, right? And a striker. Uh, a striker. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, see, I, know, I know his name. I, yeah. I'm good with names. Well, Carl, Carl was... I, I got on well with Carl. I don't know quite why we just hit it off, you know, like you do sometimes. And um, uh, during during the tour, Carl said, oh, Carl, we'll go out for a drink one evening. See? So I said, yeah, OK, fine, off we went. And the next day we went down to some beach place uh, on the Black Sea, it was actually. I went and stuck me stuck my toe in the water in the Black Sea. And um, Gary said to me, he said, uh, Aidy said, look, you know, you're, you're relatively new at all this. And uh, he said, I, you know, I understand you don't know what's going on exactly, but it's not really the done thing to go out for a drink with one of the players. And he was so yeah. sort of gentle about the way he sort of ticked me off, if you like. But it just yeah. summed up what a, a nice guy he was. And uh, so, so, so that instead, was. So I drink with him. Sorry, I said that again. Instead of you going out with the players, you end up going out with the staff and having a drink with him instead. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's that's what happened. That's what happened. Treated like a king out there. Oh I yeah. Place and they all they all love him because obviously he uh, more or less started the the Latvian. Upsurge in football, really. Yeah, yeah, he did. He's, yeah, he's, he's got me so like Riga, where we went. He's mm. an absolute god there. They love him. Yeah, well, of course he was very pally with uh, this guy. What was his name? Guntus, Guntus something or other. He was uh, the he- head of the. Um, uh, he was head of the KGB apparently over there, but he was head of the Latvian 
uh, football association or I whatever. Used to say to us, he goes, "Listen, lads, you listen. If you're going to go out for a walk, if you see two or three black Mercedeses driving together, go for cover." <laughs> That's what he used to say. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you're hiding. Yeah, yeah. No, it was. It was a nice. It was a good trip. I must admit. Oh uh, uh, yeah. And the ironic thing was that all the players got put in this. Uh, I suspect you had it the same, some sort of training camp place just just outside of town. Yeah, so we were, it was like um, it was like not a hostel. It was like a sports place we went to. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I Lewis, I got Lewis ended up doing was it? We ended up um, turning over one of the, two, Liam Fontaine, Liam Fontaine and Jamie. Well, Fontaine obviously played for Yeovil as well. Yeah, but, um, and Jamie McCoom, me and Lewis turned their room upside down. Literally turned it upside down. Yeah, we got the we got the key and we've we've literally turned everything upside down, and then we've they, we've got a big couple of big bottles of water and we've just soaked the whole bed. And listen, it's not big and it's not clever, but it's funny. <laughs> because I got I got put up in the in the Radisson Hotel, so I was all right. I wasn't complaining at all about right. that. It was, it was good. It was good. But um, so anyway. Uh, 2006-7, City were drawn against Premier League Middlesbrough in the FA Cup, and you you scored against them, yeah? You certainly did, yeah. I think um, we were we were two 0 down. I think at the time, and I think um, Richard Keogh was he? Did he go to Europe? Was he over from it? No, no, I don't remember no. him. No, no. Keogh scored the first, and then obviously Lee the gaffer, Lee Johnson. The, he set me up for the for the equaliser. I've, I've chipped. The, I've loved the keeper. Yeah. To, Two each, and then I think we've ended up. Obviously, it ended up being a draw, and then we went up to the Riverside, and then they beat us in penalties. So mm. it's a bit of a they were a Premier League team at the time, and um, as you said, we were we held our own against them really. Well, for a professional footballer, what's it like losing at penalties? I mean, is it is it is it as gutting as it might seem? Uh, yeah, I yeah. think because um, if you think about it, I think you'd, you've got 120 minutes. Well, and plus. And plus the the first game as well, so it's two hundred and ten minutes of mm. hard. I think um, you, obviously you can't separate the teams, and then the next thing you're hoping is that you actually score your penalty. Yeah. So I, I, I was lucky enough, and I never missed never missed a penalty. I think I, I missed one against Swindon once. Tom, um, Tom Tom Heaton saved, it, I think. Yeah. But it got retaken, so I, I scored the second. But I never I never really I never missed a penalty, so I think. Um, no, it is gotten. It is gotten. So anyway, you left um, Bristol City again in, in September, and you became Martin Allen's first signing as an emergency <laughs> one month loan at Cheltenham. Well, I think I think I might have ended up staying three months. I think in the end, but he was one of the he was one of the um, biggest characters I've ever met in my life. Honestly, yeah, yeah. he managed brilliant mad dog. Well, he used to take I, his dog to the ground, didn't he? So his first training session, he's got his black Labrador called Monty. The dog's called Monty. Yeah. And um, so he's got everybody in first training session. So I think I, he must. I was I was his first signing on loan, and um, so he's got everybody in, and uh, he's he's got the ball and he's booted it as far as he can, and his dog has run straight after it. <laughs> it brought the ball back to us where we were on the centre circle. Yeah. And then Martin um, Allen's then asked. Listen, lads, we play centre midfield here. So I think I've got three or four lads with their hands up. And then he goes, right, listen, lads, that's how I want you to play. So he wanted, he just wanted everyone to run about, get a ball and pass it. <laughs> he was, you know, I, I, I had a great time working under him. He was class. 
Loved yeah. it. I, I, I met him a couple of times. He struck me as being a complete head case of, you know, yeah. a lot of the time. So. And, that, and you know what? That, that's, that's shooting me down the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Two head cases together, eh? <laughs> More music now from Scott. And this time it's Gwen Stefani and Cool. And a lot better than the Proclaimers. Stefani there and cool. So now we come to the juicy bit. Scott Murray arrives at Yeovil Town. Now, how did that all come about? So I think, um, obviously, I didn't. I had a couple. I had a chance to go to Bristol Rovers as well, but an Exeter. Yeah. I think um, Skivel was the manager, and Skivel forwarded me to refer to him, and he said, "Listen, Scott, I'm really keen on bringing you down for a month, for a for a season." So I went down and met Skivel, and listen, he was class. So. I think it was um, it was a no brainer for me. I lived, I lived. Um, I was only it was like a forty five minute hour drive for me, and it was it was class. 
loved the place. Mm. And obviously, we had a decent little team with Ryan Mason. Yeah. I think even Colker. It was, uh, do you know what? And, and I enjoyed every single minute. And Dan, the kit man, he's still there. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, and the last uh, I heard was he all loved up. So. Oh, Dan, the kit man. Dan, he was, he was all loved up. And it wasn't with one of his washing machines either. <laughs> no, that's true enough. That's no, no. True. no, and you said I, I, I loved it. I loved it. The, that season was brilliant. And as I said, made a, made a few few good games, I think. And as I said, um, Nah, we, were, we were an accomplished team at that time, so it was good. We enjoyed it. Well, of course, Terry had that connection with Tottenham, didn't he? Because apart from Ryan Mason and Stephen Corker, there was uh, there was John O'Beaker, wasn't it? And um, Andros Townsend. Yeah. Danny uh, Hutchinson as well when I was there, right? Yeah, yeah, Danny. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, it was a good side. And Terry had some really good contacts, didn't he? Because, I mean, and goalkeeper-wise, I mean, I remember we had some incredible goalkeepers when Terry was in charge down there. That's what I mean. You know what? And, and as a, being a manager of a, of a, a smaller club like Yeovil, you know, the contacts are the, the best part of it, I think. If mm. you've got big Premier League clubs like that and you get players to come down and play, that's, that's, that's brilliant. And as I said, the gaffer, Skibber, he was, um, as I said, we, lucky enough, they had, had good contacts at Spurs, definitely. Yeah. And Cole Mason were two class acts and obviously John Abika as well. So I think he's up in Scotland, I think. Playing. Yeah, St. Mirren, he's up. Um. So, but it's sad, really, when you look at it. Two of the, I mean, you know, Ryan Mason injury-wise, sort of out of the game, and um, Stephen Corker's had all sorts of problems, hasn't he? But I, I think he's playing in Turkey or somewhere, isn't he? Something like that. I, I recommended him to to Keith Millie the following season. He went to Bristol City. Yeah, and I remember saying to Millie, "I goes, listen, Millie, he's one of the best centre halves I've seen. Mm. He was that good for Yeovil." I think he won every award that season. He did, yeah, yeah. I can remember it well. It was, it was like it's just routine. Every award up, he came. He was, a, he was a man mounted that season, honestly. Yeah, yeah. That was a play, play, play with them two class. And I th- is it Turkey? Is that now? Is some? Is some sort of out and beyond? Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, no, he's good. Good lad, Stephen was. I must admit. Um, so you know what? What are your your best memories of playing for Yeovil? There must have been a, a, one game that sort of uh, you know. You, I think you... I scored goals against Brighton. I think. Yeah. I think I think, uh, but uh, but no. As I said, I remember going to the. I don't know if it's a place. Still, we used to go to the. Is it Marcos or? It was an Italian restaurant. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just on a Friday night. We'd all go down there for some nice food and everything, and I I stayed in. Um, Usually on a Friday night, I'd stay in the hotel by. Is it? No, I can't remember the name of the place now. I can't remember the name of the place. Krukner. Krukner? Krukner? Yeah. It was a hotel, little hotel the club used. Yeah. And the geezer, it was a, it was a big Yeovil fan as well. But oh, no, it's a Yeovil Court Hotel, that's where that was. It's all right, yeah. I remember one night I locked, I locked myself out. I had to climb up on the roof. And I was actually sober. I hadn't been drinking. Uh, I'd locked myself out, and I noticed my window was open. My room, so I had to climb. I had to scale the uh, to get up to the roof to, uh, to get in the window. <laughs> so, which uh, was um, yeah, scared. Cause I'm scared of heights as well. Oh, so that must have been one of the memorable days at Yeovil. Then, but, but, <laughs> but, but apart from scoring oh. against Brighton, you must have had some other. Uh, you know, give me some. Give me a story at Yeovil. You must have had a good story to tell there. Uh, it was, do you know what? It was usually involved Dan the kit man. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, we used to... <laughs> and you know, this is probably why I'm I'm on my toes now being the kit man myself. It was like 
that we used to um we, it sounds like bullying, it's not bullying either. We used to Dan the man, we used to um he used to lock us in his little room and everything. And uh, we'd keep him in there for about an hour while we were training and then come back and let him out. <laughs> luckily, luckily, it was in one of the rooms. It was in, it was in one of the rooms where his washing machine was. So I think it was more to make sure he would do his work. Yeah. <laughs> as I said, but he, listen, he was, he was one of the main pranksters as well. And as I said, um, Jonesy and uh, with Darren Way. And then, uh, as I said, there was a few, there was a few down there that I liked to laugh and a joke, that's for sure. Yeah. It's funny because I I can't can't really remember much, you know. I can't remember when I was there. I can't really remember you being there much myself. I don't know. You obviously no, were, I, but you know what I think it was because it because it was towards the end of my career. You know, it was one of them. I'd probably just drive there, do my training, and then drive straight home again. So I was probably I was probably mm. hardly there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's it's cool. just um, it was uh, no, I, I enjoyed my year there. I loved it, and it's a lot. Literally, it's a friendly. Friendly club, fr- friendly family club, and I think um, it's, a, it's a shame to see where they are now. Really, oh, tell me, yeah, that's another story in itself. But uh, I just, Don't worry. I, I just, keep up and I, I'll read everything. Yeah, I'll well, read everything. I just hope they can, uh, you know, things things go well because uh, I mean, right, they've pulled it around a little bit just lately. Anyway, think thank goodness. But uh, all, all these games getting postponed is not helping though. So. Um, you know, I mean, it wouldn't surprise think, me to see him scrap the league yet. I'll tell you. At the moment, I think, especially in, for the the smaller clubs, it, this is, is is killing them. Mm. It's killing. Yeah, definitely. So, so when you left Yeovil, then you ended up back at Bristol City as uh, the kit man. So, tell me about that. I mean, how did that come about? Was that always always going to be on the cards? When, when I was at Yeovil, I was um, I was working part time at Bristol City anyway. All right. So, yeah. And then, um, then I, en- I left Yeovil and went to Bath City. Right. So I started playing for Bath City, and then, then I started working full-time at the commercial department at Ashton Gate. Right. Um, so the two seasons I played for Bath, I was working full-time at the, the stadium, and then all of a sudden, I think it was coming towards the end of my second season, I think it was 36, bodies falling to bits, as you do. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I like the blue, I'm driving the, because I used to do the, the kids, uh, um, at the academy, help out with the kids. I was driving there one one evening, and then Derek McInnes phoned me. So, I'd, as you do, the manager phones you. You're thinking, "Shit, what have I done now?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm thinking, I'm in a little panic up. Yeah. And so I've answered the phone. He goes, "Scotty, I hope you're well." He goes, "All right, Gaff, I'm sorry." He goes, "Listen," he says, "If you think I'm taking the pee out, yeah, I'm definitely not." He said, "Listen, the kit man's leaving at the end of the season." He says. Everyone, you're around the club all the time. You know all the players. He says, listen, it's the, it, it, the job's there if you fancy it. So I goes, listen, guy, I'll give you a phone back tomorrow and I'll, I'll give you an answer tomorrow. And then as soon as I put the phone down, the first thing I thought was, do you know what, I'm going to be 37 next month and I can't, this will probably be my one of my last seasons anyway. Yeah. I thought, do you know what, the kit man job's probably one of them jobs you can do. I could do for the next 20 years. Yeah. And as I said, this is my ninth season now doing it, and and I, I probably love it more now than I did when I first started. So, it's, uh, kit man is a very important job at a club, surely, isn't it? I don't think people actually realise the amount of stuff that goes on behind the scenes. It's like, for example, the the, the game on um, yesterday, Sunday, I'd print, I'd, I'd print thirty one new shots just for that game. Yeah, because we got a we had a sleeve sponsor, and then we had a 
uh, the the FA Cup badge put on. So it's brand new kits just for that one game. Yeah, yeah. it's just. Uh, but you know, the responsibility, though, is is there, isn't it? I mean, if, you know, if you don't if you don't pack the right lot of shirts or the right lot of socks or you know anything like that, it can cause chaos, can't it? Listen, I, I at the moment I've never forgot a shirt, but that but that would be my. I think I'd have a heart attack. <laughs> I think, uh, no, I think the main thing about being kept, man. I think you've just trying to keep ahead of the game more than anything. Yeah, yeah. You keep ahead of the game. You should you should be all right. You should be. But it is, listen, it is long hours, long hours. Now, Scott's final musical choice, and it's Michael Jackson and Beat It.
Michael Jackson there and beat it. So how many years have you been in football now then? So I, I, I turned professional when I was 19. So now I'm, I'm 46 now. So, so that's about... Oh. 26, 27 years. Yeah, so I signed, I signed for Bristol City. Oh, saying that. Oh, no. So I went to Villa when I was 1994. I was 19. Yeah. So, yes, yeah, so for 27 years. That's a fair while, been... really. Is, is, yeah, yeah. Out of that 27 years, is there one event, one one day, one just one event that, that, that you'll never forget in your football career? I think probably making my Premier League debut, I think. Yeah. I think, um, as I said, I as I said, a, a couple of years before, I was I was driving a forklift, gutting fish out, and and um, as I said, walking to work at quarter to six every morning in this cold rain. And, and if you'd said two years later I'd have played in the Premier League, I'd have, yeah, I'd have laughed at you. But mm. that's probably that's probably the, the the best thing I would think. Well, it's certainly been then, an eventful an eventful career, and and not that many clubs really. But you know, sometimes I interview people, and they've got any number of clubs. I mean, um, I tell you, one was um, oh god, his names are escaping me now. Um, oh come on, <laughs> it's, it's gone. But he he he's played a lot in Africa. Oh, for Christ's sake, come on! You're only talking to him recently. But um, you know he had he had any number of clubs. Whereas you've only had one, two, three, four, five, well six if you count Bath City, which is not that many really in a in a playing career, think, is it? I think the the end ones as well. I think they were because they were on loan, and I think I'd, um, it was more or less because I was old. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd, but as I said, um, I was I was proud to play for every single one of them teams. Yeah, Loved. yeah. Well, I think I'm sure they would say the same about you because uh, you've always had a good reputation around the place. People like you, and that's always a good sign. I think. So, I think it's well, Harry. I think it's because I'm approachable. I'll, I'll speak to anybody. And as I said, I'm um, as I'm just a normal geezer. And as I said, it's just because, <laughs> because I play. Well, I'm not 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 that normal, but yeah. no, I I think, definitely not that normal. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, as I said, the, the fact that I played football doesn't make me better or worse than anybody. As I said, everyone should be treated exactly the same and mm. one of them things, in it? It is indeed. Well, I would like to thank you very, very much for joining us today, Scott. It's been, it's been a pleasure, it's, it's been really entertaining and uh, I've enjoyed it and I hope you have as well. I will um, you. let you know in due course when it's going to be broadcast so you can have a listen. Lovely, John. Well, look, Scott, it's been brilliant, mate. Thank you ever so much for joining us. and uh, oh, man. Good luck, mate. Keep it going. Thank you. And it's nice speaking to you. Nice seeing you again. And you, mate. Thanks ever so much. Cheers, Ed. Thank you. This is Three Valleys Radio. The heart is a And you've been listening to the In Conversation programme with A.D. Hopper. Make sure you join us every week here on Three Valleys Radio.
Your love is done.